Welcome to After the JAG Corps, Navigating Your Career Progression, a podcast for judge advocates leaving military service. After the JAG Corps assists officers transitioning from the military law practice by learning from individuals who have successfully embarked on new careers, providing insight on rewarding professional opportunities, job search strategies, resumes, the value of your military experience, and more. Now, here is your host, Tom Welsh. Today on the podcast, we are talking to Major Brooks Rose, United States Air Force, who is here tonight to talk to us about an initiative that he is spearheading, and we'll let him talk about that. So, Brooks, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, sir. I appreciate you having me on. You have been in the Air Force for 11 years. What have you done since you've joined? Where did you join from? I joined from Arlington, Texas, my hometown. I went to law school locally in, in Fort Worth at Texas Wesleyan. It's now Texas A&M. They bought it a little bit after I graduated. You know, great education and everything. Always wanted to serve. A couple of Air Force recruiters, JAG Corps recruiters came to uh, my uh, law school, got the ball rolling there. Luckily got picked up during a time that the pickup rate was very low. Somehow, you know, worked my way in. It's been a great career. Started out in West Texas, had a wide variety of, of jobs, everything from military justice, trial counsel type stuff, management of, you know, justice dockets, things like that, to uh, a lot of operational law, a couple deployments mixed in in the 11 years over to the, the Middle East, Afghanistan and Qatar, and then kind of found my way into the contract and fiscal law litigation side of things. And that's been my niche. That's what stuck with me and what I've greatly enjoyed doing. The business side of the house is dry largely, but you know, you're dealing with major sums of money and very important projects. And it's just something I've taken to and that I enjoy doing. Currently doing a stint back in the uh, the installation legal office as the, the deputy staff judge advocate at the um, air base wing out here. At, at Kirtland and Albuquerque. So, you know, getting back to the rank and file, real Air Force, if you will. But it's been good. It's been a, you know, career so far with a wide variety, met a ton of people, been a ton of places and uh, got a, uh, a few good uh, skill sets out of it. Yeah. So, Brooks, uh, we're not here to talk about you leaving the service. You really don't have any advice to give us for that leaving the service idea because you've got a while to go. But you're spearheading an initiative which should benefit all transitioning JAGs. What is that exactly? So I, I've been a member of MOA since the very beginning, uh, since I graduated the uh, the JAG course schoolhouse. And MOA stands for? The Military Officers Association of America. Longtime member. It's uh, It's been the extent of my uh, the military career, joined almost on day one. And it's uh, it's been a, a great experience. It's been a, a great organization to be a part of, something that I've grown with, you know, my participation, my advocacy. One thing that I learned about not too long ago in, in, the, uh, in the distant past was that MOA has, has really jumped in. They've always had the traditional geographic chapters. I'm a member of one in, uh, in Prince George County. I'm in Maryland. Great organization. Done a lot of good work with them. But they recently kind of you know, jumped on the, uh, the wave of being able to you know, meet virtually. And they've started virtual chapters. They have four of them right now, chaplains, nurses, um, uniform public health services. And we went ahead and uh, I pitched it to some of the, the MOA executive team and asked if there would be any, any interest at the, uh, the national headquarters level on starting one for uh, judge advocates and got an immediate response. 
high energy, a lot of enthusiasm for it. And we're off and running and it's been great. We've got a lot of uh, interest. We've got a high level of uh, initial membership in these early weeks here. And uh, we're currently moving towards, uh, you know, a formal vote on chartering and hopefully be, uh, you know, an official virtual chapter of MOA here in another month. So what does standing up a virtual chapter for MOA of JAGS do? What's the benefit of that? So one of the things that I always had kind of a, I don't know if disappointment's the right word, but something that you could, you could set your clock to having an active duty military career is that no matter what you joined, you know, particularly if they're, you know, geographic, you know, kind of hard, you know, real estate building chapters and stuff, you know, think your, your VFW hall or your uh, American Legion post, anytime you join something like that, it was inevitable as a military officer that you were going to be leaving in two years or three years. So no matter how hard you jumped off and, and, you know, tried to work and moved into leadership and all that, you'd have to give it up sooner rather than later, oftentimes sooner. With how mobile our careers are and our society is, and especially with, you know, kind of the higher level of tech education and savviness in the younger generations, I've noticed a couple of times that I've come across virtual chapters that they tend to be highly successful. There's something that people can attach to and they can take with them throughout their career, no matter where it goes, and grow with the chapter and lead and be able to keep that up. And it gives you access back to the national organization where you don't have to start over every single time you, you PCS, you know, two years into it. And then on top of that, it's something where you can actually get in and do good work with an organization and a group of, you know, compatriots and, you know, coworkers and hopefully eventually friends that doesn't take a whole lot of effort. You don't have to hop in your car and drive to an actual building or something down the road. You can simply log onto your computer Give an hour of your time every so often, and you're a full-fledged member of the team and often running on whatever initiatives, you know, we decide to support as an organization. So a uh, very lean organization, transportable, you name it. And I think it kind of, it fits with the lifestyle of, of active duty members and something that can be enduring for them to, to hang their hat on. And in case anyone out there does not know what MOA is, it's an association that advocates in military personnel matters and, and especially proposed legislation affecting the career force, the retired community, veterans of the uniformed services, and uh, they try to resolutions and try to influence that process. And the, the tie-in, why I'm having Brooks on this podcast, is MOA also offers transition services. That is one of the one of the things they do well. Not only do they give you another avenue for counseling and an interactive transition seminar, but it's also another opportunity to network. And Brooks, who's one of the people you've interfaced with at the MOA headquarters? Oh, actually quite a few. You know, retired Captain Erin uh, Stone, former Navy JAG. She's been instrumental. That was the very first person that I reached out to. She got back to me within hours, had me off and running with a number of other folks that could help out. Retired Colonel Jerry Lynch, current board member. She's actually kind of the honcho for starting all of the other uh, virtual chapters. She was the one that started the first one for the military nurses. And she's kind of been the woman you go to for, uh, uh, you know, the checklist, if you will, to uh, to get yours going. So she's gotten us off on the right foot. 
Major General Joe Lynch, current corporate counsel at MOA, provided a lot of great advice. He's been uh, instrumental in kind of liaising with uh, the uh, the other judge advocate organizations out there, uh, retired judge advocates, Judge Advocates Association, and then uh, former uh, board member, uh, retired Colonel, uh, Army Colonel, uh, or excuse me, Air Force Colonel uh, Carol Hatrick has also been, uh, you know, instrumental along with uh, retiring Lieutenant Colonel Matt Karras and, you know, getting our bylaws drafted up and getting kind of all that organizational infrastructure that we have to have to get formally chaptered here at the uh, upcoming national board meeting. So, so yeah, a wide range of people, everybody enthusiastic and everybody really immediate in jumping in and, and getting us going in the right direction. The person I wanted you to talk about was Aaron Stone, who was the very first guest of this podcast and really, in my opinion, set the bar and kind of gave me indication that this was a good idea because she was just such a grand slam guest. But in full disclosure, I was invited to participate in one of the initial discussions here online. And what are some of the initiatives you see this virtual chapter doing for JAGS specifically? So there's a there's a number of other judge advocate organizations out there, you know, that have that are great organizations. I'm a member of most of them. Judge Advocates Association, retired Judge Advocates Association. They do a great job with, you know, networking, you know, providing that the JAA, Judge Advocates Association, has the uh, awards dinner at the end of the year. Fantastic organizations I'm proud to be a member of. But one of the things that we're able to to do being members of MOA is really involve ourselves in the advocacy side of things that these other organizations might not uh, concentrate as heavily on or might not be a part of their mission. Being able to, to kind of have our cake and eat it too in that as a virtual chapter, you know, we're, we're you know, closely associated with the, you know, national organization, of course, and their initiatives. But we also are going to encourage our members to join their local geographic chapter wherever they're at, too, because we want them to have that hands-on ability to be able to go out with the teams, you know, every spring and be able to join in the advocacy efforts and hopefully help to make, you know, military life and, and retired military life better. There's often uh, no better person other than maybe the installation commander, but often no better a person than the local judge advocate to know, you know, the good and the bad on what's going on on an installation. I serve on the currently serving uh, advisory council for the MOA president for General Atkins. One of the projects that we worked on was military housing improvements. As a judge advocate, you know, of course, you have to, you know, stay in your lane, not do anything, you know, adverse to, to the, you know, DOD or anything like that. But I could provide a lot of advice based on my experience and things I'd seen, issues that I'd seen uh, crop up um, that will hopefully uh, help the national organization, you know, remedy the issues that are out there in housing. But it's a unique situation that a lot of other military officers don't have that broad range of access to, you know, on any given installation or any given, uh, you know, command that judge advocates are just kind of uniquely situated to uh, to help out with and be able to give some value added information, hopefully. And I want to harken back to that meeting that I that I participated in. That's not all right. You basically said, what other ideas do you guys have? Right. So this is not a bound up. I mean, there's. There's going to be opportunities. You're just looking for people to propose them. And I think one of the things I raised about was 
the ability to better or give a more connected way to networking and helping with transition for judge advocates. And, and that's sort of my theme of we help each other. We have mentors and everything. When we go to leave, it's it's up to each one of us to figure that out and certainly don't have it developed. But the idea of if joining a virtual chapter of judge advocates, which will have a lot of retired and former judge advocates of maybe some kind of transition seminar online or whatnot to help judge advocates who are leaving the service to find that next chapter. Am I right? You're, you're absolutely correct, sir. That's spot on. And that's something that I think, you know, day to day, month to month, we're going to provide a lot of value in this virtual organization. When you think about it, you know, the other judge advocate organizations out there do an outstanding job. Uh, a lot of them have listservs on, on email. A lot of them have, you know, message boards on their websites. They get the message out, but you're not having the necessarily the face-to-face interaction, you know, on a weekly or a monthly basis. I think kind of the added value that we'll have for this organization here is that we actually do meet. We see each other face-to-face. We're able to talk to each other. We're able to, you know, put items on the agenda, make announcements in real time, put a face to the name and actually build relationships and, you know, honest to goodness, face to face networks where, you know, you can, if someone's coming to you for advice on a job or, uh, you know, uh, any sort of, you know, networking type opportunity, you know, you can get the measure of the person, hopefully build a friendship an enduring friendship. Like I said, it's it's very little time to dedicate to get a uh, a tremendous amount of value, literally at your uh, at your home office desk or your kitchen table, like I'm at right now, you know, and and make a new friend that hopefully will be able to point you in the right direction for you know your transition and your uh, you know post jag career and you know maybe even retirement after that. So if you're a judge advocate out there listening to this podcast and you're interested in joining or learning more about the JAG virtual chapter, where do we go for such information? So number one, we're building the infrastructure right now. We hope to have Facebook page, Twitter, all the social media aspects out there soon. We've got our initial leadership team selected to get the organization off the ground. So we'll be building that stuff. Takes a little bit of time, but we hope they hopefully have it uh, up soon. Same thing with the website. Um, we're getting a, uh, a lot of good guidance from the, the board members and the, uh, the national organization individuals that are helping us. But right now we have our, uh, we have our email address up. We've got the acronym MOAJAVC at uh, gmail.com. And that's M is in Mike, O is in October, A is in Alpha, A is in Alpha, J is in Juliet, A is in Alpha, V is in Victor. And then uh, C is in Charlie. That's a Moa Javsi, right? We'll put that address in the uh, description to this podcast so they can see it visually as well. Now, there are some requirements to be able to become a member of the chapter. And what are those basic requirements? You have to be a Moa member, right? You do. You do. You have to be a, uh, a member already. And it's as simple as providing us your membership number and the type of membership. We can add you to the roster welcome you to the group as well and give you further information. But yeah, you do have to be a, a member of the national organization. And then again, it's not required, but you know, we of course encourage you to be a member of your local geographic chapter as well. It's important to be able to uh, you know, serve your actual community that you're, you're living in, of course, and they're kind of the linchpins for the annual advocacy efforts that we want to uh, encourage our membership to be a part of. 
you already indicated you're going to be getting a website. You're going to be getting a Facebook page. Maybe this this podcast will run October 1st, so should be closer to that goal. Whether it's up or not, it'll be closer. What else as a audience member and a judge advocate should we know, or is there anything else to know at this time? It's a true grassroots organization. You know, we're starting, uh, starting from the bottom, growing organically. It's largely word of mouth. And we've gotten a great response so far. Enthusiastic, you know, initial leadership team to get us off and running. But it's something that, you know, if you ever want a chance to join a highly effective, lean organization that has a long track record of, of doing some great things for military members and their families and retirees and veterans, this is a great introduction to it. This is a great way in. And even in particular, you know, the amount of time that you have to dedicate to it. It's convenient. It's convenient for people with uh, young families. It's convenient for, you know, busy retirees that are, you know, on the go doing what they enjoy. It's something that can literally appeal to everybody. And it's something that the earlier you get into it, the more you can help develop it into what you think it is or, or what you think it should be. It's, it's one of those things that we're looking for that kind of energy and we're looking for those people that want to come build with us. How many people do you, sort of the core starting group do you have right now that have been participating or have been communicating with you? Is it 20, 30, 40? So we have, uh, we have just over uh, 50 members right now that have uh, reached out in the past. We've had this up and running for about three weeks now. About 50 members right now, largely, like I said, organic word of mouth. Of course, I've you know been able to bring in a lot of my uh, active duty Air Force folks, Captain Stone and others. General Lynch have helped you know bringing in um, you know the uh, the retired folks, uh, bringing in you know the sea services. We've got a, a great Army contingent as well. A true joint operation, both you know active and retired. And uh, then among the, uh, the uniform services, JAG Corps, definitely want to get a hold of, uh, we'd love to have some Marines come out. We'd love to have some uh, Coast Guard come out, you know, and anyone else that's a uh, judge advocate out there is more than welcome. We will, uh, we will jump on it and make sure they are, they are brought into the fold as a teammate. And, and for the listeners out there, I think I tripped across this in my LinkedIn feed about standing up the uh, virtual chapter. And I reached out to Brooksy and he said, yeah, come on, uh, be a member. And he actually reminded me I'm derelict in some of the things that I need to do to be a full up member. But I would highly encourage judge advocates from all the services that you mentioned, you know, as you uh, if you're looking for another way to network easy without even leaving your home with other judge advocates, including retired judge advocates who have gone on to other things. This will be another opportunity to establish relationships and network with folks to learn about what is out there after the JAG Corps, no matter when you leave. You know, Brooksy, I've been working with a, a friend who's an executive coach running Blue Water Advisors, and he introduced me to a lawyer from an organization, and I spent an hour with him, not asking for a job, but he was giving me ideas. And this is exactly what we're trying to do in this day and age with all the technology. There's really no excuse for judge advocates not to connect across all the services. And I really applaud you for what you're doing of trying to make this world a little bit smaller and the law office a little bit closer for all of us. One of the silver linings from all the awful stuff that happened with COVID is that we're truly interconnected now. 
we can reach out and see each other no matter where you are in the world. We've done this with the currently serving advisory councils worldwide. We can do it with this organization. I think we can tie in all of our brothers and sisters active and retired in the JAGCOR community into a fantastic network and advocacy organization where we can do a lot of good for each other and a lot of good for our military community and our country, I think, with very minimal travel and effort put into it because of the technology we have now. So I would encourage you, Moa Javsi, even though I tripped over the spelling, trying to, uh, trying to read it over in my, in my head there, uh, Moa Javsi, M-O-A-A-J-A-V-C at gmail.com. That's our uh, initial uplink right there, if you will. Contact us, get in touch with us, come aboard as a teammate. We are very happy to have you. And if for some reason you write that down and you forget it, you can always contact me at after the JAG Corps. That's after the JAGC at gmail.com. I have Brooksy's email addresses and I will link you up if no other avenue exists for you. So, Brooksy, I really appreciate you coming on tonight to talk about this initiative. Again, I applaud you for what you're doing. And listeners, I really encourage you to join. I'm joining it one to show support to my fellow Air Force, or excuse me, my fellow JAG, who's an Air Force officer. And selfishly for myself to try to get other avenues and network, there's a lot of talent out there, both the retired and the active community. And here's your chance to tap into that as you decide what you want to do when you grow up after the JAG Corps. So, Brooksy, thanks again. Hey, outstanding, sir. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Big fan of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe and tell your friends. After the JAG Corps is a TJW 50 Associates LLC production.